0: wealth more than you love anything else, including God? Do you obey the desire for wealth and make sacrifices to it, to satisfy it, sacrifices of your family and your time and your health in order to get it?
1: Welcome to The Word Unleashed with Tom Pennington. Tom is pastor teacher at Countryside Bible Church in Southlake, Texas. I'm Bill Wright, and today Tom continues with part 5 of his series titled The Deadly Dangers of Materialism. So far in the series, you've learned about the deadly danger of being consumed by materialism. Suppose you were to invest your resources in the things of this life only. Well, in that case, your entire inner being. Will be wholly absorbed with material items. In today's lesson, we'll learn the other two deadly dangers being spiritually blinded by materialism and becoming a worshiper of materialism. So open your Bible, let's get started with Tom Pennington on the Word Unleashed.
0: This week I was reading a little bit about what is the most complicated organ in the human body it's the eye smaller than a ping-pong ball, and yet it has tens of millions of electrical connections. Your eye can process 1.5 million messages simultaneously. The miracle of human sight begins with the lens. A small sack of fluid, the size and shape of of an oval vitamin pill on the outside of your eye on the On the front surface, I should say, surrounded by a ring of of tiny but unbelievably strong muscles, when you look as, at an object as you are right now, either at me or your Bible or somewhere else, light passes through that lens and brings it into correct focus on your retina. Your retina is a kind of onion skin wallpaper that covers the rear interior. Of the eye. The retina covers an area less than a square inch, but scientists tell us it has more than 130 million light sensitive receptor cells in each eye. They estimate 125 million of those light-sensitive receptor cells are shaped like rods for being able to see in black and white, and seven million of them are shaped like cones for color vision. When light reaches that retina, those receptor cells an electrochemical process begins. It is an electrochemical bleaching process that generates just the smallest amount of electricity. In fact, just millionths of a volt, not even enough to sting a mosquito. That information that is now in electrical impulses is immediately fed into a straw-sized optic nerve at the back of the eye and is transmitted to the optic center of your brain at a speed of about 300 miles an hour. Your brain then interprets those electrical impulses and you see the image in front of your eyes. And that incredible Photoelectrical chemical process takes about two thousandths of a second. Truly an amazing creation of God. There is no human camera that even comes light years close to the human eye. Jesus uses the miracle of human sight in our eyes to make a profound spiritual point in the passage that we come to this morning in Matthew chapter 6. Now just to orient you again, beginning in chapter 6 verse 19 and running down through the end of the chapter, our Lord explains how we should think about wealth and possessions. He warns us about the danger of materialism. That is of preferring material possessions and physical comfort to spiritual values. That's materialism. He explains how to recognize the dangers that come inherent in materialism in verses 19 to 24. And he tells us how to overcome those dangers in verses 25 to 34, the end of the chapter. We're looking at just the first section together. Let me read it for you. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So then if your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. In these verses, Jesus identifies for us three deadly dangers of materialism. Now, last week, we finished our study of the first deadly danger of materialism, found in verses 19 to 21, and we call that the danger of being completely consumed by materialism. The danger is expressed in verse 21. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where you invest your resources, your entire inner being will be absorbed there. If you invest your resources here and and that's where your treasure really is, then your entire inner being will be completely absorbed with material things, with life here on this planet. If on the other hand, you invest your resources in the kingdom of heaven, then your entire inner being will be consumed not with the things of this planet, but with the kingdom of God, with the spiritual kingdom over which Jesus rules. Now today, we want to examine the two other dangers that are inherent in materialism. The second great danger is this, being spiritually blinded by materialism being spiritually blinded by materialism. In verses 22 and 23, Jesus uses a figure of speech that some have even called a parable. It's it's probably best to think of it as just a simple metaphor. He uses an example from the physical world to illustrate a spiritual reality. Now notice, first of all, the, the metaphor itself. It has to do with the relationship between your physical eyes and your physical body. Verse 22, Jesus says, the eye is the lamp of the body. Now, he wasn't saying that your eye is a source of light. Rather, because light can only enter your body through your eyes, it's as if your eyes serve as a lamp providing light for your entire body. The only reason that you see light right now is because of your eyes. Verse 22, so then, if your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. Now the Greek word that's translated clear here is is a difficult word to really discern the exact meaning because it occurs only here in the New Testament. It can mean single as opposed to double, uh, an eye that's singly focused. can also mean sincere, which isn't likely here. It's probably best understood as most modern translations, probably the one you're using this morning, has taken it, and that is either as clear or healthy. If your eye is a, like a lamp and it's clear and healthy, then it allows you to see things as they really are. If it's functioning properly, then your whole body is full of light. That is, your entire body is able to see the world around you clearly and to respond appropriately. Verse 23, but if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. Jesus is again now speaking at the physical level in terms of your physical eye and your physical body. He says, if your eye is bad, literally evil, that is, it isn't functioning properly, then your whole body will be full of darkness. If your eyes are not functioning as God intended, then you will have some degree of physical blindness. That's his point. You won't be able to see the world around you as it really is. Now this is just a simple metaphor. That's the physical picture. But here's the question, what's the spiritual lesson? What does it mean? Jesus was not talking here about your body, but your soul. His primary point is not about the eyes in your head, but the eyes of your heart, your inner perception of what is true, and what is spiritual reality. You see, we have physical eyes that connect us to our physical environment. But we also have the mind. And the mind is like an internal eye of sorts that connects us to the moral and spiritual environment. And just as our physical eyes can be healthy and we see things clearly as they are, or diseased and we don't, in the same way, our mind's eye can either be clear and we see things as they really are, or obscured and we don't. If your spiritual vision is clear, then your soul is healthy. But if your spiritual perception is clouded and unhealthy, then your perspective of the moral and spiritual world around you will be totally and terribly flawed and skewed as well. Notice the end of verse 23. Here he he leaves the physical body and the physical eye and he, he applies what he's saying. If then the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? There's the danger. If the eyes of your heart, which are supposed to give you light, that is a right perspective on the world around you. If your mind's eye isn't functioning properly, then you can't see spiritual things clearly And if that's true, then it really is a great darkness. You see, physical blindness is not completely debilitating. We have folks in our church who, through God's providence, struggle with some degree of physical blindness. And it's remarkable how well the other senses sort of pick up the slack and and what they can accomplish without sight. But Jesus says here spiritual blindness is different It is totally debilitating. If your spiritual vision is clouded and unhealthy, then your soul will experience darkness. Now, that brings us to the question, what causes spiritual blindness? There are a number of causes of physical blindness. What about spiritual blindness? What causes spiritual blindness? Well, there are several reasons we could give, my mind goes to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, where Paul says that the God of this world, that is Satan, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe, lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine unto them. Satan causes spiritual blindness in people so that they don't see the truth. But here in the context of Matthew 6, Jesus has one particular cause of spiritual blindness in mind. Now, remember the context. Context is always the key, whether you're reading the newspaper or whether you're reading the Bible. What's the context? What's the context here? Well, the verses that come before this are talking about materialism and material things. The verses that come after this, verse 24, talking about material things. So clearly he's still talking about materialism. There's also another clue that's not quite as obvious in English as it is in Greek. There is a word play in the Greek text. Let me explain it to you. You see the word that's translated clear? The Greek word that's translated clear there can also mean and is translated in other places as generous. And the Greek word that's translated evil as in as in a a bad eye, is a word that's used to refer to being covetous or envious. In fact, for example, in Proverbs 28, 22, we read a man with an evil eye, that is an eye that's envious, that's covetous, hastens after wealth. In fact, in Matthew chapter 20, you remember the story of the, the vineyard owner who hires workers at different parts of the day, and when the, day, the end of the day comes, he gets ready to pay them all, and he pays them all the same thing. The guys who've only worked one hour get the same pay as the guys who worked all day. It's a story of, of God's salvation, the fact that when he calls people to himself, they all get salvation, whether they live an entire life of righteousness or whether they get saved at the very end of life, and like the thief on the cross, they, they're saved at the last moments of life. They all get eternal salvation. They get the same reward. And you remember in the parable, though, the ones who got paid the same price for working all day, the same amount for working all day, they complain. And this is what the Lord quotes the landowner saying in Matthew 20, verse 15. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with what is my own or is your eye literally evil because I am generous? So you see what Jesus is doing here? It's really, it's really amazing because he uses words that can mean a, a clear or healthy eye and a diseased eye, but the same words can refer to an eye that's generous, that isn't caught up with materialism, or an eye that's covetous, that is. So he's talking about materialism. Jesus' point in these two verses is that one of the great causes of spiritual blindness is materialism. It is a deadly danger to your soul because it will blind you to spiritual realities. And according to the end of verse 23, it will produce a devastating spiritual darkness over your soul. So how does this happen? How does materialism produce spiritual blindness? Well, there are a number that I discovered in my study, but let me just give you a couple to consider. First of all, materialism can blind you to the value of spiritual things. It can blind you to the value of spiritual things. Jesus makes this very point in Luke chapter 12. Turn there with me. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus is teaching and in the middle of his teaching, maybe even interrupting him, verse 13, Luke 12, someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, rabbi, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. Now we're not told the circumstances. We don't know if this was a younger brother. And you remember in that culture, the the oldest brother got a double portion. Maybe he's just saying, I want to have an equal portion with my older brother, Or maybe the older brother or the other brother that's discussed here took it in a way that he shouldn't have taken it, and there was not injustice done. We don't really know. The problem, though, is with this guy's heart. Jesus responds to him, verse 14, man, that's kind of, uh, it's kind of like mister, it's not real respectful, he's responding to him for this interruption, mister, who appointed me a judge or arbiter over you? He says, look, I'm not here to decide petty civil disputes. If you have a problem, take it to the civil courts. Verse 15, then he said, notice this, to them. And the implication here is not just to the two brothers, but to all who were gathered. Here's the hard issue. Beware. Jesus says, look out for a danger and be on your guard against every form of greed. In this case, Wanting a portion of the family inheritance. For not even when one has an abundance, when you have more than you need, even then your life doesn't consist of what you possess. Jesus uses the for life here, it's not the word bios speaking of biological life, it's zoe, it's the word which speaks of real life. We could say, listen, real life isn't made up of what you possess. And in response to all of this, verse 16, he told them a parable. There was this rich farmer and his land was very productive, not because of his own hard work, simply because of God's providence in his life. His land in a year or maybe several years was extremely productive. And he brings in these bumper crops And he began reasoning to himself, saying, what shall I do since I have no place to store my crops? Apparently, he decided that he wouldn't take that surplus of crops and put it on the market because that would flood the market with grain. In his little village, it would lower the price. And so instead, he's going to sit on it until the price is good and he can gradually let it out and get a maximum return on his investment. Plus, he can use it as as sort of his his investment. Verse 18, he said, this is what I will do. I'll tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. He says, I don't want to give up more of my land to storage. And so I want to keep the land that's productive, productive. And so I'm just going to use the same spots where I've had the barns before. I'll just tear those down and I'll build bigger ones so that they will house more grain. Verse 19 tells us what's going on in his heart. Jesus said, this is what he said to his soul. Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Here is, as our Lord was teaching us not to do, here's a man hoarding his wealth. In addition, he plans to spend it entirely on himself. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Here's a man who is consumed with materialism. He's hoarding, he has far more than he needs, And instead of thinking about using those resources for God and his purposes or for the needy, he's using it entirely on himself. But God said to him, verse 20, you fool, this very night your soul is required of you. You're going to die today. And then who's going to get that stuff? Who will own what you have prepared? What's the point? Verse 21, so is the man who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Here's a man who was completely consumed with the material, and that blinded him to the value of spiritual things entirely, and he wasn't prepared when death came. He never stopped to think, you know, I'm working so hard, I'm doing all this, I may die, and I'm not taking one bit of it with me. And this is what materialism does to us. It blinds us to the value of spiritual things. Secondly, it can blind you to the true gospel. It can blind you to the true gospel. Turn to Matthew 13. In Matthew 13, our Lord tells a series of parables about life and his spiritual kingdom. Matthew 13, verse one, Jesus went out of the house where he was staying in Capernaum, his ministry headquarters, And he was sitting by the Sea of Galilee originally, but large crowds gathered to such an extent that he couldn't continue to sit there on the side of the sea. He needed to get into a boat so that everyone could see him. And he sat down and the whole crowd was standing on the beach. And he spoke many things to them in parables. Behold, the sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell beside the road and the birds came and ate them up. Others fell on the rocky places where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up because they had no depth of soil. But when the sun had risen, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Others fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them out. And others fell on the good soil and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Now, notice verse 18. Jesus explains. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, that is, the message about entering the kingdom, the message of salvation, the message of the gospel. So, here what you have is, in these soils, you have different kinds of human hearts. Different categories of human hearts he says, all right, so let me tell you what the first one is. Someone hears the message of the gospel, does not understand it. The evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is the one on whom the seed was sown beside the road. Here's a person who hears the gospel, and he just doesn't get it. Doesn't connect, doesn't matter. He yawns. He goes back to whatever he's distracted with, and he moves on. And Christ says Satan comes and through distraction removes that message of the gospel so that he doesn't remember it anymore and it never does anything.
1: That's Tom Pennington here on The Word Unleashed with part five of his series, The Deadly Dangers of Materialism. Next time, Tom will conclude our series as he again takes us to God's Word. Do join us then. Well, it's our prayer that you'll be enriched by the expository teaching of God's Word here on The Word Unleashed. We'd love to hear your story and how God is enriching you in your walk with Christ through this ministry. Write to us, won't you? Our address is listeners at org. Again, that's listeners at Or you can call us at 1-877-577-WORD. And remember to connect with us on social, at The Word Unleashed. You know, The Word Unleashed is made possible because of the prayers and financial gifts of individuals like you. Please consider partnering with us. You can find out how to do that by visiting WordUnleashed.org. That's WordUnleashed.org. And now for Tom Pennington and the entire team, I'm Bill Wright. Thanks for listening to The Word Unleashed, exalting God's glory